This is episode 412 of the AWS podcast, released on December 2nd, 2020. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AWS podcast. Sam Lisha here with you. Great to have you back for the first of our very special series of AWS reInvent coverage. Uh, this is, of course, an annual event that's usually held in Las Vegas, but uh, <laughs> the world being what it is, none of us are there. But the great thing is everyone can access all the sessions. So if you haven't registered, you should. Now, we will be running a series of podcasts over the next three weeks seeking to give you a summary coverage of everything that's been going on so that you can keep up to date. And today contains all the announcements that were in Andy Jassy's keynote, as well as a few other goodies. So without further ado, let's get into it. Firstly, there are some new container capabilities. Amazon ECS Anywhere, which allows customers to run Amazon ECS in their own data center, and Amazon EKS Anywhere, which also allows customers to run EKS in their own data center. We'll talk more about that soon. AWS Proton, which provides customers with a new service to automate container and serverless application deployment and development. And Amazon Elastic Container Registry, ECR, which we've spoken about before, is now available in what's called public, as in ECR public, which lets developers uh, have an easy and highly available way to share and deploy their container software publicly. So, all of this discussion about containers, there are many different solutions to containers and most companies offer customers a single managed Kubernetes container offering. And this can be limiting because different developers have different needs. Um, for developers who prioritize using the open source Kubernetes orchestration engine, that's why we have Amazon EKS. Uh, developers who want to prioritize the deepest integration with the rest of AWS and some of the AWS style APIs and streamlined configurations for things like cluster management and scheduling and monitoring, uh, Amazon ECS tends to be the solution. And also for those customers who just want to run containers without having to think about servers or clusters at all, so kind of like your serverless version of containers, then of course there's AWS Fargate. And so having all these uh, options allow our diverse range of developers to have the right tool for the job. And all three of these services grow at a rapid rate and often customers use all three container services at the same time for different workloads. So let's dive into the detail. Amazon ECS Anywhere lets customers run Amazon ECS in their own data centers using the same cloud-based, fully managed and highly scalable container orchestration service that they use in AWS today. It gives customers consistent tooling and APIs for all container-based applications and the same Amazon ECS experience for cluster management, workload scheduling and monitoring, both in the cloud and their own data centers. So you don't have to run your own container orchestrator or anything like that on-premises. Now, this will be available in the first half of 2021. With Amazon EKS Anywhere, it's a similar story. You can now run Kubernetes in your own data center using the Amazon EKS experience. Now, Amazon EKS works on any infrastructure, so bare metal, VMware, vSphere, or cloud virtual machines, and gives customers a consistent Kubernetes management tooling optimized to simplify cluster installation with default configurations for OS, container registry, logging, monitoring network and storage, our old friend undifferentiated heavy lifting there. And it also uses the Amazon EKS distro, which is the same Kubernetes distribution deployed by Amazon EKS, which means as a customer, you can create clusters consistent with Amazon EKS best practices, like the latest software updates and extended security patches. It also eliminates the fragmented collection of vendor support arrangements and tools required to operate your Kubernetes clusters on premises. This will also be available in the first half of 2021. Now, a really interesting new service called AWS Proton, and this lets developers automate container and serverless application development and deployment. Now, we know that 
going this way for many application types is really suitable, but it can change the way customers develop and deploy their code. Uh, lots more components. Uh, typically, the code is not maintained in a single big release. There's lots of small little chunks of releases, etc. Lots of different things to make it a bit uh, more challenging to track things, but you can, of course, move quicker and scale faster. So AWS Proton is a new application management service that makes it radically simpler to provision, deploy, and monitor applications when the unit of compute is small and dynamic, like with container and serverless workloads. AWS Proton allows customers to define application components as stacks, that is the different combinations of chunks of code used in an application, and it comes also with a set of curated application stacks with built-in AWS best practices for security, architecture, and tools, which allows infrastructure teams to distribute trusted stacks to development teams quickly and easily. And what this means is that the infrastructure teams can make these stacks available to development teams for different use cases, allows them to stay standardized and up-to-date, even as multiple teams deploy stacks simultaneously. It also gives developers the ability to store and reuse these application stacks provides an environment to deploy container and serverless applications, monitors those applications in production, and automatically updates the applications with the latest components of the stacks. Basically, it automates the deployment of infrastructure as code, CI/CD pipelines, and monitoring for container and serverless applications. So it's a great way to allow self-service across multiple teams. Now, this is available in preview today, and uh, you should take a look at it. As I mentioned, Amazon Elastic Container Registry, ECR Public, allows developers to share and deploy container software publicly. Uh, it does what it says on the tin. Uh, essentially, lots of customers need to share their containers and do it in a cost-effective, reliable, and efficient way. So Amazon ECR has always had the private registry. Now there is the public registry for developers to store, manage, share, and deploy container images for anyone to discover and download. Customers can use Amazon ECR public to host both their private and public container images, eliminating the need to use public websites and registries. And you don't have to operate your own container repository or worry about scaling the infrastructure. You can quickly publish container images with a single command. And these images are geo-replicated for reliable availability around the world and offer faster downloads to quickly serve up those images on demand. Amazon ECR Public provides a highly available service that customers can use to distribute those public container images as well as related files like policy configurations for use by any developer. Additionally, a new website called Amazon ECR Public Gallery will allow anyone to browse and search for public container images, view developer-provided details, see pull commands, all without needing to sign into AWS. Amazon ECR Public will also notify customers when a new release of a public image becomes available, and this solution is available today. So I've talked about those uh, virtual container type things. Let's get closer to the metal. Let's talk about compute, and there are a bunch of new compute innovations. One really interesting one is the availability of Amazon EC2 Mac instances. These allow customers to run on-demand Mac OS workloads in the cloud for the first time, extending the flexibility, scalability, and cost benefits of AWS to all Apple developers. With EC2 Mac instances, developers creating apps for iPhone, iPad, Mac, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and Safari can provision access Mac OS environments within minutes, dynamically scale capacity as needed, and benefit from AWS's pay-as-you-go pricing. So if this is a platform you use, this will be very interesting to you. 
There is now a new AWS Graviton 2 powered C6GN instance, which delivers 100 gigabits per second of networking performance and gives you 40% better price performance over comparable current generation x86 based instances. This instance type supports the Elastic Fabric Adapter, which we all know and love because it helps you build very fast interfaces for popular HPC technologies like Message Passing Interface or MPI to scale to thousands of CPU cores. The C6GN instances will be available later this month in eight sizes, providing up to 64 vCPUs, 100 gigabits per second of network bandwidth and 38 gig of EBS bandwidth. There is now a new AMD-powered G4AD graphics processor unit instance providing the industry's best price performance for graphics-intensive applications. These are called the G4AD instances. And these have the latest AMD Radeon Pro V520 GPUs and second-generation AMD Epic processors and offer up to 2.4 terabytes of local NVMe storage for fast data access. These are beasts of machines. These will be available very soon in the next few days in three sizes, one, two, or four GPUs each. So if your application likes GPUs, it's going to love this instance type. Now, a different kind of instance type, the M5ZN instance offer the fastest Intel Xeon scalable processors in the cloud with an all-core turbo frequency of up to 4.5 gigahertz and up to 45% better compute performance than current M5 instances. Are you seeing a trend here? <laughs> you change your instance type, you go faster and cheaper. Now, these uh, instance types provide up to 4.5 gigahertz, uh, as I mentioned, in terms of their turbo frequency, four gig of memory per vCPU, 100 gigabits per second of network bandwidth, and come in seven sizes, up to 48 vCPUs and 192 gigabytes of memory. So they're quite large. And these instance types are really useful when you have those workloads that don't parallelize very well and you just gotta go fast race line speed down one core. This is the option for you. So again, this is your regular reminder to review the instance types that you're using. Often a simple stop-start change of instance type will yield performance benefits, cost benefits, and or both. The next generation Intel Power D3 and D3EN instances are now available, and these offer the highest storage capacity for local hard disk drive storage available in the cloud. Now, D3 instances have second generation Intel Xeon Cascade Lake processors with a sustained all-core frequency of 3.1 gigahertz and have up to 48 terabytes of storage, 32 vCPUs, 256 gigabytes of memory and 25 gig of network bandwidth. Now a new extended storage and high-speed networking variant, D3 EN instances provide additional hard disk drive storage compared to the D2 instances, offering 336 total terabytes of storage. That's right, 336 terabytes, seven times higher than the D2 instances. 75 gig of network bandwidth, 7.5 times higher than D2 instances, and up to 6.2 gigabits per second of disk throughput. So that's twice the speed of the D2 instances. D3 instance, D3EN instances, I should say, deliver highest capacity local HDD storage in the cloud and up to 80% in cost per terabyte compared to D2 instances and let customers architect petabyte scale file storage clusters so they can consolidate their high capacity big data and load analytic workloads. These are pretty beastie machines. And there is a new memory optimized R5B instance, which gives you three times high performance compared to the same size R5 instances for Elastic Block Store, providing fastest block storage performance available for Amazon EC2. So with up to 60 gigabits per second of bandwidth and 
260,000 IOPS, yes, 260,000 IOPS, R5B instances increased the instance to EBS performance by three times compared to the same R5 instances. So this really gives you better performance for large database workloads that process large data sets in memory. And it allows you to move your storage performance intensive workloads like relational databases and data analytics from on-premises data centers to AWS and get reduced costs, better scalability, better security and reliability. They also support EBS IO2 block express volumes, which are in preview. We'll talk about that shortly, which gives you an even greater level of performance. And what this allows you to do is to consolidate your workloads into fewer R5B instances or on smaller instances by migrating from R5 to R5B. And this enables you to reduce both infrastructure and licensing costs. Now, the great thing is R5B instances are supported by Amazon RDS for Oracle and Amazon RDS for SQL Server. This simplifies the migration path for running commercial database applications on AWS and gives you improved storage performance for the current RDS customers by up to 3x. So it would be in your interest to uh, click that button and change that instance type. So let's move on to some updates for AWS Outposts. There are two smaller AWS Outposts form factor, 1U and 2U servers. Now, some customers want to extend the benefit of AWS Outposts to locations that might have constraints on space, power or networking, or they just don't need a full rack of capacity. For example, retail stores may need to run their sales or security systems on premises for low latency and local network access, but they may want to aggregate that inventory data and analyze customer behavior using data lakes and machine learning models running in an AWS region. Other customers might have workloads that don't, don't need a full rack of capacity, things like a hospital's patient portal or product line monitoring workloads of a, in a factory or telco 5G network management applications. And for many of these use cases, customers need to set up these servers across hundreds or even thousands of remote locations, and this can take weeks or months. In all these cases, customers have to manage their applications across servers, monitor health, performance of the applications and infrastructure, and ensure the applications have the latest security patches, all time-consuming and can impact application availability. So these new form factors bring the same AWS services, infrastructure, and operating models on-premises to space-constrained locations like branch offices, factories, hospitals, cell towers, retail stores, etc. They will now come in a 1U and 2U form factor that requires significantly less power and network connectivity than the full 42 rack unit AWS outpost. And the 1U form factor is suitable for 19-inch wide, 24-inch deep cabinets in space-constrained locations, gives you 64 vCPUs, 128 gig of memory, and 4 TB of local NVMe storage. And the 2U form factor is suitable for 19-inch wide, 36-inch deep cabinets, performs up provide you up to 128 vCPUs, 512 gig of memory, and eight terabytes of local NVMe storage. With configurations that can support accelerators like AWS Inferentia or GPUs, and each of these smaller form factors let you run things like EC2, ECS, EKS, and VPC as well. You can look out for these form factors in 2021. So if you've been keeping score, AWS spans 77 availability zones with 24 geographic regions around the world and announced plans for 15 more availability zones and five more AWS regions in India, Indonesia, Japan, Spain, and Switzerland. And the vast majority of our customers get the necessary performance for their applications in public AWS region. However, for some of our more latency sensitive or throughput sensitive workloads, customers want AWS infrastructure closer to end users. And so to provide these, we are announcing uh, some new local zones that are available. Now, we obviously announced our first local zone in, in Los Angeles, which was uh, very popular with customers there. With today's announcements, customers can now use new AWS local zones in Houston, Boston, and Miami. 
And we will also be delivering 12 additional local zones in 2021 in Atlanta, Chicago, Dallas, Denver, Kansas City, Las Vegas, Minneapolis, New York, Philadelphia, Phoenix, Portland, and Seattle. And so customers will be able to deliver low latency and ultra low latency applications to end users in cities across the US. Now, if you're a serverless fan like me, there's a bunch of AWS Lambda updates that are very cool. You can now package and deploy AWS Lambda functions as a container image of up to 10 gig. This makes it easy to build Lambda-based applications using familiar container tooling, workflows, and dependencies. So just like functions packages zip archives, functions deployed as container images will now get the benefits of fast startup times, automatic scaling, high availability, native integrations, all the good stuff. So check that one out. The other interesting one, which I I love, (laughs) it's pretty cool. AWS Lambda has now changed the duration billing granularity from 100 milliseconds to one millisecond. That's right, when 100 milliseconds is too granular for you, we're now going down to one millisecond. Now the great news is this will lower the price for most Lambda functions, more so for short duration functions. So the compute duration will be built in one millisecond increments instead of being rounded up to the nearest 100 millisecond increment for invoke. So for example, if your function runs in 30 milliseconds on average, it used to be billed for 100 milliseconds, now it will be billed for 30 milliseconds. Guess what? 70% drop in its duration spend. So this is really great and handy. Now, it makes it even more cost-effective to run on Lambda. Pricing and billing granularity for requests or provision concurrency, I should say, won't change. It won't have any impact on how provision concurrency and Lambda requests are billed today. And this change doesn't impact the customer experience through the AWS Management Console, but you will see the billing changes start to take place in December 2020, which means you get to save money. A great new service for people in the DevOps world is called Amazon DevOps Guru. Now, this is a new machine learning powered operations service which gives you tailored recommendations to improve application availability. And this applies machine learning informed by years of Amazon.com and AWS operational excellence to automatically collect and analyze data like application metrics, logs, events, and traces for identifying behaviors that deviate from normal operation patterns. So for example, under provision compute capacity, database IO overutilization, memory leaks, etc. When Amazon DevOps Guru identifies anomalous application behavior, so it sees it increased latency, error rates, or resource constraints that could cause potential outages or service disruptions, it alerts developers with issue details, like the resources involved, the issue timeline related events via SNS, and partner integrations like uh, Atlassian Ops Genie and PagerDuty to help them quickly understand the potential impact and likely causes of the issue with specific recommendations for remediation. And I can tell you in the middle of the night, that is gold. Developers can use remediation suggestions from Amazon DevOps Guru to reduce time to resolution when issues arise and improve application availability and reliability with no manual setup or machine learning expertise required. There's no upfront cost or commitments and you pay as you go based on the data that Amazon DevOps Guru analyzes. So check that one out. Now, if your world involves a lot of storage, I've got some great storage innovations to share with you. The first is Amazon EBS IO2 Block Express Volumes and these deliver the first storage area network or SAN built for the cloud with up to 256,000 IOPS, 4,000 megabytes per second throughput and 64 terabytes of capacity which is a four times increase across all metrics compared to standard IO2 volume applications. And it's available in preview. So let me tell you a bit more about this. So EBS Block Express is a completely new storage architecture that gives customers that first SAN built for the cloud. 
EBS Block Express is designed for the largest, most IO-intensive mission-critical deployments of Oracle, SAP HANA, Microsoft SQL Server, SAS Analytics that benefit from high-volume IOPS, high-throughput, high-durability, high-storage capacity, and low latency. With IO2 volumes running on Block Express, a single IO2 volume can now be provisioned, as I mentioned, so one volume has up to 256,000 IOPS, can drive up to 4,000 megabytes per second of throughput, and has 64 terabytes of capacity. That's one volume, so it's 4x bigger than what we had before. But with IO2 Block Express volumes, customers can achieve sub-second millisecond latency for their latency-sensitive applications, and you can stripe multiple IO2 Block Express volumes together to get even better performance than a single volume can provide. Now, Block Express helps IO2 volumes achieve this performance by completely reinventing the underlying EBS hardware, software and networking stacks. By decoupling the compute from the storage at the hardware layer and rewriting the software to take advantage of this this decoupling, EBS Block Express enables new levels of performance and reduces our time to innovation for our customers. Also, by rewriting the networking stack to take advantage of the high-performance, scalable, reliable datagrams, SRD networking protocol, Block Express dramatically reduces latency. Now, these improvements are available to customers with no upfront commitments to use IO2 Block Express volumes, and customers can provision and scale capacity without the upfront costs of a SAN. Now, in the coming months, additional SAN features will be added to Block Express volumes. These include multi-attach with IO fencing to give customers the ability to safely attach multiple instances to a single volume at the same time, fast snapshot restore, and elastic volumes to increase EBS volume size, type, and performance. There is also a next generation Amazon EBS GP3 volume, which gives customers the ability to provision additional IOPS and throughput performance independent of storage capacity and provide up to four times peak throughput and a price 20% lower per gig than previous generation volume. So again, the performance goes up and the price goes down, which is a great equation. So for workloads where the application needs more performance, you can modify the GP3 volumes to provision the IOPS and throughput they need without having to add more storage capacity. So that ratio that we used to have is now non-existent and you don't have to worry about it. GP3 volumes deliver sustained baseline performance of up to 3,000 IOPS and 125 meg per second with the ability to provision up to 16,000 IOPS and 1,000 megabytes per second peak throughput. So this is four times faster, four times peak than uh, the GP2 volumes. In addition to saving you money, uh, by allowing you to scale IOPS independent of storage, these are also priced 20% lower per gig than the existing volumes too. So you could easily migrate using elastic volumes, which is an existing feature of EBS, which allows you to modify the volume type, IOPS storage capacity and throughput of your existing EBS volume without interrupting your EC2 instances. That is a handy trick, that one. So take a look at this one. Now, another update is Amazon S3 Intelligent Tiering has added S3 Glacier Archive and Deep Archive access to existing frequent and infrequent access tiers to automatically reduce customer storage costs by up to 95% for objects that are rarely accessed. Now, this is like the panacea of storage management. It just gets managed automatically and the objects live where they need to live based upon their access. Now, prior to today, customers needed to manually build their own applications to monitor and record access to individual objects and determine where they go and then bring them back, which is usually the harder part. Now you don't have to worry about that at all. Once uh, a customer has access, has activated, I should say, one or both of the archived access tiers, S3 Intelligent Tiering will automatically move objects that have not been accessed for 90 days to the archive access tier. 
and after 180 days to the deep archive access tier. S3 Intelligent Tiering supports features like S3 Inventory to report on the access tier of objects and S3 Replication to replicate data to any AWS region. There are no retrieval fees when using the S3 Intelligent Tiering and no additional tiering fees when objects are moved between access tiers. S3 Intelligent Tiering with the new archive access tiers are available today in all AWS regions. And another storage update I think many of you will be excited about is Amazon S3 Replication Multi-Destination. That's right, you now have the ability to replicate data to multiple S3 buckets simultaneously in the same AWS region or any number of AWS regions to meet customers' global content distribution, storage compliance and data sharing needs. You don't have to build your own anymore. You can now use S3 Replication to replicate data to multiple buckets within the same AWS region, across multiple AWS regions or a combination of both using the same policy-based managed solution with events and metrics to monitor your data replication. So for example, a customer can now easily replicate data to multiple S3 buckets in different AWS regions, one for primary storage, one for archiving, one for DR. Uh, customers can also distribute data sets and updates to all AWS regions for low latency performance. With S3 replication multi-destination, you can also specify different storage classes for different destinations to save on storage costs and meet your data compliance requirements. So for example, customers can use S3 intelligent storage tiering class for data in two AWS regions and have another copy in S3 uh, Glacier Deep Archive for a low cost replica. Now the great thing is that S3 replication multi-destination fully supports existing S3 replication functionality like replication time control to give you predictable replication time backed by a service level agreement to meet your compliance or business requirements. And you can of course monitor the status of your replication with Amazon CloudWatch metrics, events, and the object level replication status field. And it can be configured using the S3 Management Console, CloudFormation, or the CLI or SDK. Let's talk about some database updates. Aurora Serverless V2 now scales to hundreds of thousands of transactions in a fraction of a second and delivers up to 90% cost savings compared to provisioning for peak capacity. Now, this is a service we talked about and launched in 2018, but have worked on a lot because customers often face the dilemma when managing database capacity, if they over-provision capacity, they spend more than necessary, but if they under-provision capacity, they risk application downtime. So since its launch in 2018, Amazon Aurora Serverless has been used by tens of thousands of customers as a cost-effective database option for applications that have infrequent, intermittent, or unpredictable traffic. Test and development workloads are a great example of that. Now, V1 of Amazon Aurora Serverless scales database capacity within 5 to 50 seconds by doubling capacity each time it's needed. And because it's serverless, you don't have to worry about managing your database capacity. But to run more production workloads in Aurora Serverless, customers need the ability to scale instantly and in more precise increments. And they want to take advantage of the full range of capabilities in Amazon Aurora. They want multiple AWS availability zones for high availability. They want global database for low latency, read replicas for high performance, backtrack for high resiliency and parallel queries for faster querying. So Amazon Aurora Serverless V2 provides the ability to scale database workloads to hundreds of thousands of transactions in a fraction of a second. Instead of doubling the capacity every time a workload needs to scale, Amazon Aurora Serverless V2 adjusts capacity in fine-grained increments to provide just the right amount of database resources for an application needs. With Amazon Aurora Serverless V2, customers only pay for the capacity they consume, which can save you up to 90% of your database performance costs compared to going to peak capacity. It also gives you all of Aurora's capabilities, multi-AZ, global database, read replicas, etc. as I mentioned. 
And so what this does is allows Amazon Aurora Serverless to support a much broader set of applications. For example, Amazon Aurora Serverless can now support enterprises that have hundreds of thousands of applications and want to manage database capacity across the entire fleet, or for software as a service vendors that have multi-tenant environments with hundreds of thousands of databases, which each support a different customer. Now it's available in preview today for the MySQL 5.7 compatible edition of Amazon Aurora. Another fascinating announcement is something called Babelfish for Aurora PostgreSQL. And this gives customers the ability to run SQL Server applications directly on Amazon Aurora PostgreSQL with little to no code changes, which saves customers from the punitive business practices which are common with old guard database vendors. So yes, you heard me say what I said, but I'll say it again. Babelfish for Aurora PostgreSQL is a new capability that makes it possible to run SQL Server applications directly on PostgreSQL with little to no code changes. Now this provides a new translation layer for Amazon Aurora PostgreSQL that enables Amazon Aurora to understand commands from applications written for Microsoft SQL Server. So Babelfish for Aurora PostgreSQL understands T-SQL, which is Microsoft SQL Server's proprietary SQL dialect, so customers don't have to rewrite all their applications database requests. It also understands SQL Server's network protocol, so customers can continue using their existing SQL Server database drivers. That's kind of a big deal if you're managing change. Now, after customers have migrated the data using AWS DMS, Database Migration Service, they simply update their application configuration to point to Amazon Aurora instead of SQL Server and start testing their application running on Amazon Aurora instead of SQL Server. Always test. Once customers have tested the application, they no longer need SQL Server and can stop paying for the expensive and constrained licensing. Because Amazon Aurora can use Babelfish for Aurora PostgreSQL to understand both SQL Servers and PostgreSQL's languages, customers can write application functionality using PostgreSQL and have that functionality run side by side with their legacy SQL Server code. So this means you can also kind of migrate in place as your application evolves. This is a really fascinating technology and I know many of you will be really interested in it, not just using it, but also maybe understanding it and potentially contributing to it. Well, great news. In 2021, under the permissive Apache 2.0 license in GitHub, open source Babelfish for PostSQL will give you all the benefits we spoke about to even more organizations because you can use it for any purpose, distribute it, modify it and distribute modified versions of the software under the terms of the licenses. All of the work and planning for Babelfish will happen on GitHub, so organizations will have complete transparency about the features that AWS is working on next, and you can contribute to them too. Let's talk analytics. There are some new capabilities. The first is something called Aqua, which we spoke a bit about last year, the Advanced Query Accelerator for Amazon Redshift. And this provides an iterative new hardware accelerator cache that gives you up to 10 times better query performance than any other cloud data warehouse. Now, Aqua for Amazon Redshift is a distributed and hardware accelerated cache for Amazon Redshift, and it allows you to scale to new levels. It brings compute to the storage layer, so data doesn't have to move back and forth between the two. And this enables Amazon Redshift to run up to 10 times faster than any other cloud data warehouse. The Aqua cache scales out and processes data in parallel across many nodes, and each node possesses a hardware module composed of an AWS-designed analytics processor that dramatically accelerates data compression, encryption, and data processing tasks like scans, aggregates, and filtering. 
It also gives customers the added benefit of being able to do compute on their raw storage, which saves time that would otherwise be spent moving the data around. So with this new architecture and the order of magnitude better performance it brings, Redshift customers will have more up-to-date dashboards, save development time, and the systems will just be easier to maintain. Now, Aqua's preview is now open to all customers and Aqua will be generally available in January 2021. It's available on Redshift RA3 instances at no additional cost and customers can take advantage of the Aqua performance improvements without any code changes. So again, faster, better, doesn't cost any more. Another new announcement is AWS Glue Elastic Views, which lets developers build materialized views that automatically combine and replicate data across multiple data stores. Now, this is kind of a big deal as a developer. Most companies are building or have already built data lakes where they can aggregate all the data from various silos with the right security and access controls to make it easy to do analytics and machine learning. But often for latency and operational reasons, most companies are also likely to have increasing amounts of data in purpose-built data stores outside of their data lakes. And as data in these data lakes and purpose-built data stores continue to grow, companies need an easier way to move the data around. So, AWS Glue Elastic Views. It provides developers with a new capability to easily build materialized views, which are also called virtual tables, that automatically combine and replicate data across multiple data stores. Now, AWS Glue is a serverless data preparation service that makes it easy to run, extract, transform, and load. Our old friend ETL, jobs for analytics and machine learning. Now, with Elastic Views, customers can use SQL to create a materialized view of the data they want to combine from different data stores. And AWS Glue Elastic Views copies the data to create the materialized view from the different sources. So let's do a worked example. A customer might create a materialized view that pulls restaurant location information from Amazon Aurora and combines it with customer reviews stored in Amazon DynamoDB to build a search engine for restaurant reviews by location on Amazon Elasticsearch service. AWS Glue Elastic Views copies data from each source database to a target database and automatically keeps the data in the target database up to date. Elastic Views continually monitors the source database for changes and updates the target database within seconds. If there's a change to the data model in one of the source databases, Elastic Views proactively alerts the developers so they can update their materialized view to adapt to the change, which is pretty cool. Customers can also use Elastic Views to copy operational data from an operational database to the data lake to run analytics in near real time. AWS Glue Elastic Views automatically scales capacity to accommodate workloads as they ramp up or down, which means that the materialized views on the target databases are always kept up to date. Now, this is available in preview today and is very cool. Another very cool new capability is Amazon QuickSight Q, which is a machine learning powered capability for Amazon QuickSight that lets users type questions about their business data in natural language and receive highly accurate answers in seconds. So to ask a question, users simply type it into the Amazon QuickSight Q search bar as users begin typing the question, it starts to autocomplete suggestions with key phrases and business terms and it automatically performs spell checking and acronym and synonym matching so users don't have to worry about typos or remembering the exact business terms for the data. Now, Amazon QuickSight Q uses deep learning and machine learning, natural language processing, schema understanding and semantic parsing for SQL code generation to generate a data model that automatically understands the meaning of and relationships between business data. So users receive highly accurate answers to their business questions and don't have to wait weeks or days for a data model to be built. 
Because Amazon QuickSight Q eliminates the need for BI teams to build a data model, users are also not limited to asking only a specific set of questions, which is pretty amazing and unconstrains that creativity. Also, users can get more complete and accurate answers because the query is applied to all the data, not just the data sets in a predetermined model. Amazon QuickSight Q comes pre-trained on data from various domains and industries like sales, marketing, operations, retail, human resources, pharmaceuticals, insurance, energy, and more. So it's optimized to understand complex business language. So for example, sales users can ask, how am I sales tracking against quota? Or retail users can ask, what are the top products sold week over week by region? And the other good thing is that Amazon QuickSight Q continually improves its accuracy over time by learning from user interactions. If Amazon QuickSight Q doesn't understand a phrase or a question, users are prompted to select from a drop-down menu of suggested options in the search bar, and Amazon QuickSight Q remembers that for the next interaction. So this is now available in preview, so take a look. Now let's talk about interacting with customers, and there are five new capabilities for Amazon Connect, which helps customer service representatives offer a more personalized, efficient, and effective experience for their customers, all powered by Adobe's industry-leading machine learning technology. So the first one to talk about is Amazon Connect Wisdom, which is available in preview. And this provides contact center agents with the information they need to solve issues in real time. Now this uses natural language processing to detect customer issues during the call and subsequently recommends relevant content stored in the knowledge repositories. So for example, Wisdom can detect when a customer says, arrived broken. And after hearing that prompt, Wisdom will automatically display instructions within the Amazon Connect client application for exchanging an item, including specific answers and links to relevant content. Additionally, agents can use machine learning powered search to get an answer to a question or a phrase as a customer is speaking. For example, an agent could type how long after an item is purchased can it be exchanged and Wisdom will search all the data stores and return a precise answer with links that allow the agent to dive deeper. So this means you have the right information at the right time to quickly and effectively resolve customer issues. Amazon Connect Customer Profiles, which is available today, gives agents a unified profile of each customer they can use to provide more customized service. So when a customer calls in, Customer Profile scans and matches the customer records across multiple applications for unique identifiers like phone numbers, account IDs, etc. And Customer Profiles combines the contact history information from Amazon Connect with the customer information from CRM, e-commerce and other order management applications in a unified customer profile that's displayed in the application agent. So basically, as soon as you answer the call, you have all the information you need. Now, you can also connect to other homegrown applications using Amazon Connect Software Development Kit and API. And Adibus customers can also use pre-built connectors to third-party applications like Marketo, Salesforce, ServiceNow and Zendesk directly from the console. Another service available now is Real-Time Contact Lens for Amazon Connect, and this gives you a new capability for contact center managers to impact customer interactions during a call. Now, we announced Contact Lens for Amazon Connect last year at reInvent to help analyze contacts by providing a call transcript, and you could see what people said and what the reactions were like, etc. And Adibus customers have enjoyed that ability to easily analyze completed calls, but they also want the ability to impact customer interactions during live calls to prevent negative experiences. Real-time contact lens makes it easy for contact center managers to do exactly this. They can create rules to flag customer issues using keywords like not happy, poor product quality, cancel, etc. Or sentiment analysis, negative sentiment, voices being raised, etc. Managers receive real-time alerts when their specified conditions are met, so they can provide guidance or have the agent transfer the call. And when a call is transferred, the agent can pass the real-time transcript with conversation details like sentiment to the next agent or manager. 
so a customer doesn't have to repeat themselves when the manager needs to get up to speed. Real-time contact lens gives managers the ability to know when customer interactions are going poorly and it allows them to impact the call before harm is done to the brand and to the customer experience. Another new capability available now is Amazon Connect Tasks, which automates, tracks and manages tasks for contact center agents, which typically improves productivity by up to 30%. Now, today, nearly half of an agent's time is spent on follow-up service tasks in external applications like CRMs and their own business-specific solutions. So, for example, a contact center agent for an insurance company who's following up on a new claim needs to collect customer documents over email, uh, create a case ticket in a claims processing application, schedule an appointment with an adjuster, notify the customer of status updates of the claim. There's a lot of stuff. Um, and agents often rely on memory or handwritten notes to keep track of these tasks, and it just doesn't create a productive environment. Amazon Connect Tasks provides companies with pre-built connectors to CRM applications like Salesforce and Zendesk and APIs to integrate with homegrown applications. With tasks, managers can assign and prioritise tasks to agents based on agent availability and skill set and the tasks are displayed to agents in the same Amazon Connect interface they use to view their call and chat interactions. When assigned a task, agents see a notification along with a description of the task and links to any application that the agent might need to do to access to complete the task, I should say. And agents can also create tasks on their own to track their own follow-up work, so updating a customer profile. And managers can also create workflows to automate tasks that don't require agent interaction, e.g. notifying a customer that their claim has been processed so that agents can spend more time interacting with customers. And the last announcement in this, in this domain is Amazon Connect Voice ID, which is available in preview, and it delivers real-time caller authentication using machine learning-powered voice analysis. So prior to today, call centers had to use those knowledge-based authenticated processes. So you all remember this, you've got to answer multiple questions based on personal details like social security number, date of birth, mother's maiden name, where you went to school, first street you lived on, all this stuff that I can never remember anymore. <laughs> I'm getting too old for that. Voice ID provides real-time caller authentication without disrupting natural conversation. So with Voice ID, callers are given the option to authenticate themselves by using their voice, offering them an additional layer of security against fraud and saving them from the hassle of having to answer multiple questions to verify their identity. When a caller opts in, Voice ID analyzes the caller's speech attributes, things like rhythm, pitch, or tone, during the first few seconds of the call and then creates a digital voice print for the caller. When the caller calls in again, Voice ID compares the caller's voice print to the claimed identity and authenticates the caller based on a Voice ID confidence score. Now, this all happens in the first few seconds of a call when an agent gets on the call and asks the caller to state their identity and reason for calling. If the caller doesn't meet the confidence score threshold set by the organisation, an agent can verify their identity through an additional screening like knowledge-based or transfer the call to a fraud specialist. With real-time caller authentication, Amazon Connect Voice ID makes contact centres far more secure and provides a better customer experience, which also improves the productivity of agents. And the final set of announcements we'll cover in this episode are five industrial machine learning services. Amazon Monitron, available now, provides customers an end-to-end machine monitoring solution comprised of sensors, gateway, machine learning service to detect abnormal equipment conditions that may require maintenance. Now, this is really useful for customers that don't have an existing sensor network. Amazon Monitron enables customers to remove cost and complexity from building a sophisticated machine learning-driven predictive maintenance system from scratch. It also allows them to focus on their core manufacturing, supply chain, and operations function. So Amazon Monitron detects when machines are not operating normally based on 
abnormal fluctuations in vibration or temperature and notifies customers when to examine machinery in order to determine if preventative maintenance is needed. The end-to-end system includes IT sensors to capture vibration and temperature data, a gateway to aggregate and transfer data to AWS, and a machine learning cloud service that can detect abnormal equipment patterns and deliver results in minutes with no machine learning or cloud experience required. So this is a really great end-to-end solution that is generally available. Amazon Lookout for Equipment has gone into preview and this gives customers with existing equipment sensors the ability to use AWS machine learning models to detect abnormal equipment behavior and enable predictive maintenance. So to get started, customers upload their sensor data to S3 and provide the S3 location to Amazon Lookout for Equipment. And Amazon Lookout for Equipment can also pull data from AWS IT SiteWise and work seamlessly with other popular machine operation systems like OSI Soft. And Amazon Lookout for Equipment analyzes the data, assesses normal or healthy patterns, and then uses the learnings from all the data which is trained on to build a model that's customized for the customer's environment. And it can then use the machine learning model to analyze that incoming sensor data and identify early warning signs for machine failure. Another new announcement in preview is AWS Panorama Appliance, which enables customers with existing cameras in their industrial facilities the ability to use computer vision to improve quality control and workplace safety. The AWS Panorama Appliance is integrated with AWS Machine Learning Services and IT services that can be used to build custom machine learning models or ingest video for more refined analysis. Now, AWS Panorama Appliance extends AWS Machine Learning into the edge to help customers make predictions locally in sites without connectivity. Each AWS Panorama Appliance can run computer vision models on multiple camera streams in parallel, making it possible for use cases like quality control, part identification, and workplace safety. And it works with AWS and third-party pre-trained computer vision models for retail, manufacturing, construction, and other industries. Also, customer-developed computer vision models developed in Amazon SageMaker can be deployed to the appliance. We're also announcing AWS Panorama Software Development Kit, which allows industrial camera manufacturers to embed computer vision capabilities in new cameras. So cameras that are built with the AWS Panorama SDK run computer vision models for use cases like detecting damaged parts on a fast-moving conveyor belt or spotting when machinery is outside of a designated work zone. These cameras use chips designed for computer vision from NVIDIA or Amberella. And by using the AWS Panorama SDK, Manufacturers can build cameras with computer vision models that can process higher quality video with better resolution for spotting issues because you want more detail to see what's going on. They can also build more sophisticated models on low cost devices that can be powered over ethernet and placed around a site. Customers can train their own models in Amazon SageMaker and deploy them on cameras built with the AWS Panorama SDK with a single click. Customers can also add Lambda functions to cameras built with the AWS Panorama SDK to be alerted to potential issues via text or email. Uh, we also provide pre-built models for tasks like PPE detection and social distancing and can deploy these models in minutes without doing any machine learning or special optimizations. And finally, Amazon Lookout for Vision, which is generally available, uses AWS-trained computer vision models on images and video streams to find anomalies and flaws in products or processes. So this gives customers a high-accuracy, low-cost anomaly detection solution that uses machine learning to process thousands of images an hour to spot defects and anomalies. Customers simply send camera images to Amazon Lookout for Vision in batch or in real time to identify anomalies, such as a crack in a machine part, a dent in a panel, an irregular shape or an incorrect color on a product. Amazon Lookout for Vision then reports the images that differ from the baseline so appropriate action can be taken. 
Uh, Amazon for Lookout for Vision is sophisticated enough to handle variances in camera angle, pose and lighting arising from changes in work environments. So as a result, customers can accurately and consistently assess machine parts or manufactured products by providing as few as 30 images of the baseline good state, which is a pretty low training set. Amazon Lookout for Vision also runs on Amazon Panorama appliances and customers can run Amazon Lookout for Vision in AWS starting today and beginning next year, customers will be able to run Amazon Lookout for Vision on AWS Panorama appliances and other AWS Panorama devices so customers will be able to use Amazon Lookout for Vision in locations where internet connectivity is limited or non-existent. Well, there was a lot of things that we covered today. It's an exciting start to reInvent. I really hope there was something there for you. Depending on your domain, you may have found some improvements in performance, in your development practices, in your deployment, uh, in your industrial setup, and hopefully a whole lot of things that we never thought customers would do with these services but make sense to you and you can show us what they are. As ever, we do love to get your feedback. AWS podcast at amazon.com is the place to do that. More episodes to come over the coming weeks. And until next time, keep on building.